Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is February 15th, 2019. Pretty exciting, isn't it? Because he called for the national emergency, just like we knew he would. We have so much going on. McCabe's drip, drip, 60 minutes. All this news coming out. Turkey's involvement with gold trade in Venezuela. Lots more to come on that. Later on in the show, we'll talk about it. Creeping Sharia. We'll revisit six years ago where London was, where they are today, and how where how we are where London was six years ago. And what's going on in China? China, China, China. Like I said, and like the president said this morning, this is the first time China respects a leader. It's Friday, and like I said yesterday, can't wait for tomorrow. I'm still cross about the whole William Barr nomination, but like I said, I trust my president. I'm just hoping this isn't a nail that'll be lodged in. So where do we start? Let's just start talking about McCabe. I want to play a little clip that summarizes a lot. Take a listen. If it wants to work today, it shall. Let's see if it'll work. It's a really good clip from Tucker Carlson. And he pretty much analyzes with someone who says that what McCabe did was good. Uh, Remember, fourth branch of the government, right? That's the whole thing. Fourth branch of the government. These people do not get elected. These people do not speak for us. They are clearly appointed by those that wish them to be in power. This is a huge issue for our democracy. And McCabe's words pretty much spelled that out for us and let us know exactly what their plan was all along. How do you even exist Um, I shouldn't say exist. How do you have the audacity to be so forthcoming with explaining how you were planning a coup? Remember, months ago, we spoke about how Rod Rosenstein is in the middle of it. I explained to you yesterday how they didn't use his name in the document. John Summers is a former communications director for Senator Harry Reid of Nevada, and he joins us. And John, thanks very much for coming on. You bet. So take the party IDs off the players in this. Here you have federal law enforcement discussing removing a president without an impeachment or an election. That sounds like something that happens in a third world country, doesn't it? Well, it's something, and, and I'm not going to defend any one individual in this in this situation because yes. these are very serious conversations that they that they were having. But it does appear that those are conversations they were having. Yes, and those are based off of the Constitution, right? It's the 25th Amendment of the Constitution, which does act as a safeguard should we ever run into that situation. So, for me, run into I'm not what, run into what situation? Run into a situation where you where don't like the, like the president or disagree with his Russian policy, or where policy. you feel like the president is incapable of doing the job, and. To so I think I don't, you know, I don't have a problem that they had these discussions. At the end of the day, they landed at no. 
And I think that's the important thing to remember. So the system well, worked the way well, it was wait, supposed wait to no. as it relates to whether no. or not to remove the president. No, because if you find yourself as an executive branch employee disagreeing with the policies of the person for whom you work, you leave, you quit. And you can state so publicly if you want. You have the right to do that. What you're not allowed to do is try to take power from the one elected guy in the entire branch of government, because that's not democratic. It's the opposite of democratic. But that's what they tried to do. Agreed. But what you're saying is that they were considering it because they didn't like the policies. And I don't think that's the case at all. Why were they considering it? There's a it? genuine concern about how Russia was involved in the well, 2016 okay, so, election. Okay, but so the amendment was written after Woodrow Wilson suffered a stroke in office and his wife wound up running the country. I guess she was a fine president, but we didn't want to repeat that. So this was specifically written, and every lawyer knows this, including the ones at the FBI, for a president who's incapacitated, not for a president whose policies you find repugnant or disagree with or don't. You know what I mean? Just because he's not a neocon doesn't mean that you can't re you can remove him from power. I agree. And again, I don't think that's what they were thinking about. There was big concern. Again, when you look at the timing of McCabe going into office, and again, he's obviously a flawed messenger in many ways. But when you look at the time that, that he was elevated to his position was right after James Cohn was fired. And why was James Comey fired? As the president said himself, because he wanted the Russia investigation to end. Okay, but clearly okay. there was a concern. But the other way, well, there was a concern because a guy they liked who was their boss got fired, which is absolutely the prerogative of this or any president to fire his own employees if he wants, for whatever reason he wants. And if you don't like it, impeach him or vote against him. Unless it's viewed as obstruction of justice. Okay, but there, I mean, but under no plausible scenario could it be? I mean, because of course, the FBI director is free to say whatever he wanted to congressional committees or the Mueller investigation or write a book, which indeed he did. So it's not obstruction of justice. It's not to prevent justice from working its way to its conclusion. I just wonder, why are liberals all of a sudden defending this radically empowered federal law enforcement agency, you don't see this as a threat to the Kamala Harris administration two years from now, for real? Yeah, no, I, and I get the question. I don't see liberals defending this. I think what we're defending is, the, is, is protecting the investigation. So we have a good understanding of exactly what Russia was doing in the 2016 elections and whether they were aided they by were doing nothing. the United okay, States. Spent and part of that question centers on the president of the United States okay. and some of his closest But associates. we've spent two years looking into that. That and the conclusion of the Senate committee that's looked into it is there's no collusion. That's not true. That's what the chair of that committee said. That wasn't a statement from the committee as a whole. Okay. That's what the chair said. Is there a the, point the at ranking which... Member just to be fair, the ranking member said he disagreed. So no, the, the, the ranking member the did that not no say that and official court documents have come to the conclusion that there was some collusion. We saw that in Manafort documents, and we've also seen in the Roger Stone documents. Whether that collusion Roger Stone in Russia what? is the question. Okay. Just for the record, there's no, quote, collusion with Russia in the Roger Stone indictments. Right. Okay. No one has been indicted for colluding with anybody so far. Acting as a liaison between WikiLeaks. Uh, WikiLeaks on behalf They're not of Russian. The, okay. Russia. But that is not, look, it's not a crime and it's not collusion. But, but leaving that aside, I just want to end on this. Does it really WikiLeaks didn't get their information from Russia. Not bother you that a federal law enforcement agency discussed removing the president of the United States by non democratic means for basically disagreeing with them and firing their boss. That, that doesn't bother you at all? I, the premise of your question, if that was the case, would bother me. That's not what how that about, was how about. So how is he incapacitated? Whatever it was I'm about. I'm comforted by the fact that they 
fine, they had the discussion as provided by the 25th Amendment, and they landed on no. So again, well, I'm like saying, you know, I, I talked about killing my wife. I didn't do it. You know what I mean? And there's a difference. Like, I'm not a murderer. It's like, oh, yeah, but you discussed it. What does that say about you? Something ominous, no? What it says, it's less about the people and more about the concerns they have about the president <laughs> okay. who's trying to stop an investigation uh, into his. All right, I'm going to end it, too. Tucker was getting upset. I was getting upset. I've watched this clip like two or three times. And I can't even believe that he says that there was Russia collusion with Manafort. Not true. Russia collusion with Roger Stone. Not true. We all know WikiLeaks did not get their emails from Russia. Lots of us have those emails accessible to us on Chan boards before WikiLeaks even got them. So they're pretending that, oh, there might be, even though there isn't, and the even um, both the majority and the minority of the Senate said there is no Russia collusion. So they're still peddling this. They're trying to say that it was a good thing they were talking about this because they had genuine concern. I don't seem to understand how a medical incompetency or being incapacitated to take control and lead a country because you have mental deficits aligns with we think you might have colluded with Russia when everything points to them colluding with Russia. And like I said, look at that 60 minutes clip with McCabe. And you see the detest and how he said he shouldn't have been uh, the person that won the elections. He said and shook his head and changed it. Take a look. Unfortunately, no matter how well you are as a speaker, your intentions come out with your face. You make slight movements, micro movements, and you slip no matter what. So basically, we have the fourth branch of government, which we talked about in November and December, this D.C. mafia, this globalist cabal that we do not elect. The concern here is, is that we have non-elected members making decisions for us, making recommendations and telling our Congress and Senate how to vote, how to move forward. This is a big problem. How do we fix it? Obviously, the president is fired. Top brass. He's kicked out. Top brass. Now, what about Rod? I mean, I spoke about Rod. Rod is in there and he knows he is done. His goose is cooked. His hands are tied. Because no matter how many times... Rod Rosenstein says, well, you know, within those seven days where Comey was fired and we had all this panic, I never once turned around and spoke to McCabe about a special counsel. I just did it myself. So under what premise did you do it? And why did you decide? Who helped you decide? Because you don't take decisions like that on your own as acting attorney general. Dana Bonte. You're in this too. You're going to come up soon. Everyone's going to start talking about you, right? Because he was the go to and fro between all these corrupt clowns that have been fired or resigned and Rod Rosenstein. And you remember that we talked about it. Dana is the key here on this. 
So it's coming out that Rod may be leaving now that Bill Barr is in. Uh, You know, he has been leaving for a while. Remember, he was going to resign on his own. He was going to leave. He was going to get fired. Here's the deal. No one gets fired and no one leaves until the commander in chief says so. Until you've pulled your pants down so far down that there is no doubt, even the slightest ability to give to this mockingbird fake news media, the opportunity to say that you did something or obstructed justice. See, didn't I say just from the Whitaker testimony that this is their new mantra, that he is a Russian agent and he obstructed justice and this is why we can't prove it. Remember, I said it. Now I'm really concerned with my president's travel to the Far East next week. I am. Because we see a lot of people going out there and you know, that's Bill Barr's territory and Brennan's territory. So I'm hoping we know what we're doing here because that is a huge concern for me. But like I said, I trust my president. So I'm just going to, you know, today he showed how a commander in chief should act. He is the commander in chief. He commanded the press conference. He commanded the fake press. He even let Jim Acosta ask one question, which wasn't really a question. Which we'll analyze where they were talking about the border. We have all these clowns, all of them, telling us that it's okay that non-elected officials get together to try to wear wires and entrap and make the case for our president... Not being of sound mind. How do you prove that? What are you going to say? He's poisoned with Russian ideologies? Seriously. But that is a problem. Another thing a lot of you probably didn't notice that I urge you to listen to. Um, I'm concerned that this morning before the press conference, there were some heated conversations within the White House. My president came out. He was solid. He spoke. But his voice indicated something different. The minute he spoke, he sounded different. At first, I, I, I um, swapped my phone around to zoom in. Was it him? Because the voice was different. And I noticed it's that voice that I get when I shout or when I scream or when I'm really angry and I'm just like super hard, core, top of my lungs talking. <laughs> he strained his voice this morning and I heard it. You can hear it too. And I urge you to just listen to it in the beginning when he comes out and then compare it to other times he speaks. There was a little bit of hoarseness and I could tell that he came out fired up. I mean, he was late a little bit. And this, you know, for me indicates that there was a lot of pressure for him not to do this. There was a lot of pressure of him. And you know what? It was probably the fact that Speaker Pelosi yesterday was like, we're going to use all our congressional power to stop this. Well, you know, Bottom line is the wall's not going through the Ninth Circuit Court territory. Why would you go file there? Bottom line is you threw in, uh, you know, little Easter eggs in your damn plan to disallow uh, the building of this wall. 
They are dirty. They are working against American interests. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised that he's not saying, why didn't any of you see this? What are you doing? I would say the same thing. You're either for the people or against. Don't sit there and look at me with your thumbs up your butts telling me that you could foresee this. This is probably the conversation he had beforehand. And he was fired up and ready and he was ready for questions. And I loved every single answer he gave. He came out strong at the beginning, reinforcing what I've been saying for a long time. This is the first time that the Far East respects any leader we have. Because even though our policy, foreign and domestic, is America first, we want it to be fair because we should all win. And China has come to the table. That has never happened. Because China's not dumb. They know exactly what the interests of this fourth branch of government, this shadow government that works on a global scale, keep in mind, have. And even though they have the body count, the amount of people, if this globalist cabal was actually to succeed and create this one nation that they wish for, it would be a struggle for them to win because they would hurt them from within. And they know this. And they know that this is the opportunity to coexist. What was, what's the problem of diverse nations coexisting? There isn't one. And they're seeing that. Kim Jong-un is seeing that. Everybody is seeing that. The only people that don't want to see it is the European Union, which is now the actual outcome of this fourth branch of government working. And I'll, um, I'll play a clip right now. This is from CNN, published on February 1st, 2013 talking about London's Muslim patrol aiming to impose Sharia law in East London. And mind you, I love um, London. East London is where I used to hang out all the time. That's where I used to get my eyebrows threaded. That's where you get the best curries. Specifically, I would totally um, hang out in uh, Rumford, Essex, um, Ilford, Barking. Uh, I went to college at the University of East London. So... um, This is six years ago. This is where this Sharia patrol started to pop out, right? And we're seeing it pop up in Minneapolis, in New York, in Ohio. Um, You know, I'm surprised it's not in Fargo, North Dakota yet. Take a listen to this short three-minute clip of their undercover work just to see where they were six years ago is where we are today in a few states. Oh, Michigan as well. Take a listen. Whitechapel in East London. A hardline vigilante group is trying to impose Sharia law on unsuspecting members of the public. It's Muslim area, okay? Alcohol, bad. This is a Muslim area. It's not just drinkers being targeted. Yeah, you're, 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 you're gay, mate. Get out of here, mate. Get out of here, you fag. And women wearing skirts above the knee are also being harassed. Just like that in Muslim area. 
Only a handful of men are involved in the self-styled patrols. Five have been arrested on suspicion of harassment, but we joined others who haven't been picked up by the police. These men claim they're simply tackling drunken behaviour where alcohol's already banned from the streets, but they do share many of the same hardline beliefs as those arrested. Alcohol is causing so much problems in the area. In fact, it's blighting the area. It causes crime, it causes... um, uh, people misbehaving and uh, drunken and disorderly behaviour. Would you condemn then the, the more intimidating patrols where they seem to be trying to impose Sharia law in a part of London? I'm not here to condemn or condone anyone's action. What I'm here to say is that there's a problem. Those doing these patrols are revelling in the media spotlight, but actually the number of people involved is very, very small. The vast majority of Muslim people living in this part of East London want nothing to do with vigilantes whatsoever. At the local mosque, Muslim leaders are appalled and have condemned the patrols which they say are stirring up hatred. It has done a a huge amount of damage to the Muslim community and it's uh, no doubt going to increase uh, Islamophobia. Police patrols in the area have been stepped up as the authorities take a tough line. We will not accept such behaviour. It's unacceptable. But Britain isn't the only country struggling to contain such behaviour. In Denmark, an Islamist from another so-called Muslim patrol stands menacingly outside a polling station vowing to stop Muslims voting. In Belgium, these extremists want existing Sharia courts, which handle family matters, to be expanded to cover criminal matters, including un-Islamic behaviour in Muslim areas. And in Lerida, Spain, hardline Salafist groups have angered locals by demanding pet dogs are banned from public transport and Muslim neighbourhoods. Several dogs have been poisoned. Leading British Muslims like Baroness Varsi have warned their communities need to integrate better into wider society to stop extremism. In a speech in November, she said, we've been treating our communities like foreign embassies where rules from abroad apply and wider society keeps well out of it. And for too long, cultural sensitivities have often led our leaders to become morally blind. But there is evidence that the lack of integration is partly because in many cities across Europe, white people are moving away from ethnically mixed neighbourhoods. Even without many whites consciously fleeing, you can, you can get a change that's quite dramatic in the character of an area. So here in London, between 20, or 2001 and 2011, an area like Barking and Dagenham, a third of the white British population has left. Muslim patrol move away from the mosque. Enormous demographic changes resulting in profound challenges like the so-called Muslim patrols, which the communities themselves are now trying to tackle. Dam Rivers, CNN, London. All right, so this is where we are at right now. We have this Sharia patrol that popped up in Brooklyn, um, in areas of Queens, in Minneapolis, in Little Mogadishu, uh, and uh, Michigan. This is where we're at, where they were six years ago. I can tell you, having lived in Barking um, myself, uh, the... You would say, okay, so the predominant is, you know, uh, meat markets, they're all halal, um, everyone is in traditional dress, and, and, that's, and that's part of what made it beautiful, too, this diversity. But, indeed, there was a problem with integration. Uh, myself not being a Muslim or, you know, a Pakistani or an Indian or whatever or an Arab, 
Uh, I felt that I was served always last. I was um, uh, made to feel like I didn't belong, uh, you know, stuck out like a sore thumb when I was uh, trolling Green Street for fabrics or, you know, just to get my eyebrows done or, you know, buy uh, spices because I love to cook curry. So this is this was what I felt, you know, back in, wow, over 15 years ago. And in 2013, they uh, found that it was an issue. And what they said is, uh, you know, the leaders in England, just like here, because of political correctness, are starting to lose sight of what the actual matter is. And I think political correctness has taken our country to where we are now, where we allow the far left to dictate what's right and wrong to tell us what's moral and what's immoral, to tell us almost everything we're supposed to be thinking and feeling. And it all comes down to the bottom line, which is this fourth branch of government. Because if this fourth branch of government was really there to help the United States achieve the potential that it has to be great once again, to have that dream come to fruition, they would see this as a threat and they would intervene. But instead, they're purporting it, they're substantiating it, and in turn, they are attacking anyone with a platform that may condemn it. And this is widespread. Now, I'm coming up to my break. We'll continue on this um, in just a bit. I'll see you all in a few minutes. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855 855- 729-78. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world is mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tory Sess Show. Remember, I'm here Monday through Friday, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Gab at Tor underscore says. Always on Red State Talk Radio Group on Facebook. And um, always here live. Now, as you noticed, I brought up the fact of this fourth branch of government. And I introduced you to just understand that we are at the point that the European Union was over a decade ago, but documented, I guess, through CNN six years ago, where they were seeing that it may be a problem. But they were also saying how the community themselves, these uh, mass migrations, these implementers of Sharia law, were like, hey, we don't want this because it's causing hate. It's causing hate when you're taking over a place and imposing what is acceptable abroad to your to a new country because that's not the way it works laws and customs that are acceptable in another country should not be carry o- carried over and superimposed in ours now the reason i said this is because this is something that i wrote about how we're um how this open border is allowing terrorists in and obviously shifty decided to make a shifty comment and say that this is made up terror. I can sit here till I'm blue in the face and say, well, then why are we finding prayer rugs at the border? I can sit here till I'm blue in the face and say, but we've captured people from Kenya with Venezuelan passports that ba- that pass biometric testing, right? That penetrate our border because we only need one terrorist. With lots of money. So I saw that finally Sarah Carter reported on this um, at some point, And I thought this is a good time to review that. She published um, on her site an article called Border Patrol Apprehends 1,500 Special Interest Aliens in 2018. Now let's remember. Let's think about this press conference this morning too. 
They kept saying, oh, well, we captured these drugs at the ports of entry. Well, we captured these terrorists at the ports of entry. So ports of entry work. Those are the ones we can quantify. How do you quantify something you can't control? I mean, come on. The drugs coming in through ports of entry is because they're testing new ways of bringing it through. Liquid methamphetamine injected in tires. People having them implanted in their bodies. We have more technology now that can suss that out. So most of the drugs aren't coming from the ports of entry. These are just testing. These are people that are going through there as testers to see what they can get away with or who they can pay off. It's the unmanned border, the border that has no 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 wall, the border that has no security, where we can't quantify how much drugs are how many drugs are actually coming through, how many people are being trafficked to and fro. We can't. So how do you sit there and put a number of zero to something you can't quantify? We saw Laura Loomer standing at the border going back and forth a few times. No one in sight to stop her and other people just coming in. How do you quantify something you can't quantify because you don't have eyes on it? This is how ridiculous they're going. Now in this one, in this article, she talked about Bangladeshis. About how Bangladeshis were coming in uh, through the border. There's a one-minute clip by Sean Hannity. Let me, let me play this for you. Unvetted illegal immigrants from all over the world use our unsecured southern border in order to gain access to the United States. Sarah Carter recently took a trip to the border, actually interviewed two individuals. They're from Bangladesh. Take a look. De donde eres? Que país? What country? Bangladesh. Bangladesh? Yes. Bangladesh, how long have you been walking? Uh, three months. Three months. Please put your hands down. Hands down. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm I'm a journalist. Three months? Yeah. From Bangladesh through Mexico? Yeah. To the United States? Yeah, yeah. Do you know where you're at right now? No. Who brought you here? Who Who helped you? Who helped you? As in... Over uh, Mexico? Mexico is hasn't, I don't know. What was the first country you came after Bangladesh? Bangladesh uh, to uh, transit uh, Dubai and Brazil. Dubai, Brazil, and yeah. then through Central America. Central America. And then up here yeah. to the United States. And you have the media and Democrats telling you this is a manufactured crisis. We're going to have more from Sarah's trip to the border coming up. You're definitely going to want to see what she has discovered. So um, this is not something new. I talked about the Kenyans that over three years ago were getting passports from Venezuela, entering through Venezuela, penetrating borders and walking up. Uh, you know, it just so happened that she stumbled upon these Bangladeshi illegal immigrants coming in. And I've said it before. It's not just Mexicans. It's not just Central Americans. It's the West Africans, the people that are coming from countries that are on a list of terror, which President Trump made known. Yes, he lost in the Ninth Circus Court because it's a circus and at the appeal. But the Supreme Court upheld his order. And it's not a Muslim ban, right? We have many more nations that have, uh, you know, the core of the Muslim religion or Sharia law implemented that are not on this list. So we have people coming from countries, right, 
that are associated with terrorism. They're coming through countries like Venezuela, Colombia, Brazil. And remember, Brazil and Argentina vowed to help stop what? The entry of Hezbollah and Hamas operatives that are then walking up to our border. And yet we have the Democrats saying, no, no, no. And what have I said before? The whole reason that they do not want a border built is because borders were never supposed to exist. Joe Biden said it himself. We need this new world order implemented. He said the words new world order, not making it up. President Obama said the same thing at speeches. If President Trump succeeds in building a wall, they will then have to take it down. And something profound that he said that I've said many times is we're over at other countries helping them create borders, build walls, and secure their nations, but we don't do the same for ours. This is a concern, is it not? Do we not want to be a nation? Do we wish to be just an open piece of land where people roam as they wish? You know, granola munchers, people that have no aspirations, people that seek to be fed rather than go out and hunt for their food and work will say yes. Those are the freeloaders of humanity. Those are the people that have nothing to contribute to humanity. They don't even know what sex they are. And you know, one thing, uh, yesterday I was looking where someone was putting in discussions of it was something about not knowing their gender or picking it. And someone made a profound statement. Soy is very high in estrogen. And we've noticed a trend where pediatricians, and mostly, keep in mind, those that are on WIC, right? The more po- impoverished families, you know, that don't have money. They provide formulas that are high in soy, uh, that are soy-based, That, coupled with high fluoride in tap water, constitutes a great way to give in make profound changes and hormonal imbalances in your body. And not only that, um, sunscreen, that's another one. There are hormones in there that um, change your, um, your hormones. And this is probably why men of the 1940s don't exist today. Today, they're wearing heels and have buns and sway their hips from side to side. It's science. Science is ones and zeros. It's mathematically calculated. It can't be refuted, yet we're refuting it now in the name of feelings. And this is just one aspect of this whole total plan of annihilation of society. And civilization, because when you have people empowered with knowledge, um, embracing their individuality, embracing their sexuality, embracing their need to succeed, their want to achieve, their bug of competitiveness, you have to destroy it. And the only way that you can destroy this so you can control a population is by one, creating disease. And we've seen an uptick on that. Two, fear. With fear, people will forfeit rights faster than anything. People that are genuinely scared that their children will be shot up in a school are the first ones there claiming that we should not have a Second Amendment. 
After 9-11, none of us said, oh, I have a problem with CCTV following me around on the road. Nobody said that. They're like, fine, sure, just take it. Oh, you want to listen to my phone calls? Sure, I have nothing to hide. It's not the point. The point is not if you have anything to hide. The point is you have the innate right to privacy. And in the name of what? Security? You're going to give that up? That's because they instilled that fear. That is the only way that you can uh, take a herd and shift it is by having barking dogs telling you where the borders are because it's dangerous or they'll kill you. And this is exactly what they've been doing for over a century. They have been hurting the United States... The people of the United States, they've been hurting them the way they want them to put them in that box they want for full and utter control. And we are not seeing this. Well, we are, (laughs) but the minority is not seeing it because keep in mind, the radical left, those insane people that think that policies like capitalism, policies like free speech, policies like The Second Amendment. Because they're calling them policies. They're not calling them rights anymore. They're saying that all those are immoral. The fact that we want a border is immoral. The fact that we want to be able to choose what chemicals we put in our body is immoral. The fact that we want to be able to raise our children the way we want, without government control, without having them take our child from birth, like in Oregon, they demand that social services come and visit you when you have a baby. What for? Why does the government have to control everything? The only way a government can control everything is if the population is unable to perform. And we are seeing men are women. Women are men. People don't know how to function. There are people that cannot work because they're too stressed or they feel that they are marginalized. You know, and people like Jussie Smollett, right? I talked about this. I told you how BS it is. It's all coming out. Turns out he was getting written off of Empire, which I probably think they're now writing him off anyway because of this stunt. He lied. Where's the media saying that he lied and it was a hoax? They've taken all the evidence. Looks like he staged it. Fake letters, fake calls, fake bleach, fake beat up. This is what the left is doing, guys. They're trying to instill fear because it's a minority of people that are actually controlled. They thought that she would win. If she would have won, we would have had eight more years of conditioning and forced upon us to go down that route. But President Trump stepped in and he spoke for the majority of the United States. And now only because they have amplifiers like CNN and idiots that believe it's for the common good, like you're telling them they want to kill babies. They are ripping babies apart. As a species, if if the United States as a country was a species, right, just saying, uh, just to make it simpler, we are actually in decline, like facing, you know, a rapid decline statistically in regards to birth and deaths. They are reducing the population by telling you it's an option. You know, I was reading a story how one girl went to get an abortion and turned out the doctor botched it and then she had to get a hysterectomy. Well, her mother that took her there to get the hysterectomy, now that girl will never have children and so be it. She shouldn't have children at all. 
If you remove a life from your body, you should not have the right to create life later. That is my, that is my thought on it. And I think that if we had more stronger policies on abortion, because there are times that people may say abortion may be the way to go. And, you know, I struggle with it. Um, I spoke about how if I was ever pregnant and I had a child with encephaly, you know, where they have no brain or, you know, and they are just in pain and they just exist, that I might, you know, think about it. But I saw a story where a woman actually gave birth to that child only to donate their good organs. That was amazing. To donate the heart, the liver, the stomach, those that were intact to babies that needed them. That was actually kind of cool. So I think I would not even take that route if that was the case because you know that the baby's in pain. They have no brain. They can't function. They just exist. And, you know, but uh, on the other hand, you know, the brain is plastic. So you never know. Miracles happen. We cannot say what nature does. But even though I am 100% pro-life, I can understand some circumstances that may put it into question. When you know that, you, that your child is just going to be suffering day in, day out. I would get that. But if you're raped and you're like, well, they raped me and I can't give birth to the child and hand it over if you can't psychologically. You should see it as a gift, right? I'd, I'd go for like the way China, like President Trump said, you know, drug dealers get capital punishment. I don't think we should go that far unless there are super drug dealers like kilos. Because most drug addicts, they sell drugs to get their drugs, right? So I wouldn't go that extreme. But for abortion, I'd say if you're getting an abortion, you should get a hysterectomy. Don't have kids again. Just because it's inconvenient doesn't mean you have the right to terminate a life. I mean, a lot of people find their spouses inconvenient. So what do they say? My body, my choice, my marriage, my choice. I want to end it. So whatever. I'm just saying. But this is again, how this totalitarian regime globally has started to infiltrate and crack down this moral outlook that we used to have this amazing need for family, this endless love, the, uh, the want to compete, uh, the, the, the want to, to, to cross uncharted waters, right? The fact that we wanted to do things. People no longer want things. They just want to exist. Just simply exist. It's pretty insane. And how do you kneel a huge population? One, you terrorize them. Two, you bring in ideologies that provide structure like Islam. Islam provides structure. It does. It provides structure, rigid structure. And people that have no goal are people that can be institutionalized. And they work well in more structured environments. Like if you throw them into prison, they'd thrive more because they're being told when to eat, when to sleep, how to sleep, who to be with, how to pray, when to pray, how to wash, how not to wash, use your right hand or your left hand, eat like this, bow like this. These are the people that have no ambitions. And those people, those people prefer institutionalized environments. This is why they subscribe to cult-like behavior. And they're the minority. And the Democrats know this. And still they pander. Because if you see their messages 
they're so off their rocker. You're thinking who in their right mind believes any of this? I saw, I have three friends on my Facebook that responded to some uh, CNN post where they were like, people are getting less tax returns. And one of them was like, yeah, I got less of a tax return. It's like, duh, you paid less taxes. Of course you're going to get less tax return. That's not the point. I should still get more money. Why? Who owes that to you? I don't owe it to you. Why should you take it? Because what? The Democrats are pushing these ideologies. We've got Cory Booker, the insane dude, uh, you know, where they're passing a bill to make lynch mobbing, right? Illegal. Why? Because they don't want to get lynch mobbed, right? He's, he's saying that everyone should be vegan and we can't sustain ourselves on meat. Uh, if we weren't supposed to be eating meat, we wouldn't have the dentia for being carnivores. We'd all have just molars in our mouth. If it was supposed to be plant-based only. And by the way, research shows, and I may have vegetarians or vegans listening to me, but there is sound research that shows that people that are vegetarian are more hindered cognitively. So cognitively, they are more hindered um, because they're vegetarians and vegans. This is like New England Journal of Medicine, not like, you know, some blogger. And I remember that when I was in, in school and we were learning how to talk to people in the OBG when I was doing rounds, uh, for OB, you know, we were supposed to consult, um, pregnant people. And I remember a pregnant woman that came in, my attending totally chewed my head off. She was like, well, I'm vegan. How do I get protein? And I was like, start eating meat. You're eating for your child. Oh no, I, it's animal cruelty. Then go to a farm and get it. And he was like, we can't do that. And I was like, well, her baby's going to be retarded. She's going to be getting false, you know, vitamins in there. It's not going to be nourished. You know, the child is going to have issues and it won't develop. He's like, the science says that, but you know, we have supplements. And I was like, all right, well then, you know, flunk me on this. I don't care. I'm not going to sit there and tell someone, oh, you know, I'll just pet your ears and tell you what you want to hear. I know a lot of people might um, take this really the wrong way. I, I really don't mind. I speak my mind. I don't like to dilly-dally. These are facts. And this is everywhere where they're going, right? They're, they're telling us what we can drink, what we can eat, what we can think, what we can say, how we can say it. And if you don't abide, then they will shut you up. That's the way it goes. You say things like abortion is murder, you're kicked off social media platforms. You are no longer allowed to enjoy a global conversation. You say that Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite, you will be banned not only from Twitter, but from PayPal too. Banks will start shutting you down because you need to learn to fall in line. These are the dogs outside the herd. They will make you comply, like it or not. For me, I know our president cannot at this moment address this. But once he gets reelected in 2020, knowing that he is leaving and knowing that someone's going to have to take over for him, he will implement it correctly. And I'm sure that this free speech battle, these issues that we're having with our innate rights as American citizens will be addressed. But that has to happen in his second term and it cannot happen in his first term. In his first term, he needs to make so many changes that even the, the, the small minority that the radical left represents cannot go back to something different. 
He needs to fix healthcare and the pharmaceutical industry now. That is all he needs to focus on for 2019 domestically. He's taking care of the wall. He's taking care of foreign relations. He needs to focus on healthcare and pharmaceutical industry. Once he tackles that, we are golden for 2020. Because they can throw Yang into the mix all they want later on, but it's not going to work. It's really not going to work. Because... Even those losers that have no aspect, you know, that are sitting there getting degrees in feminism and gender studies and all these other social grievance, you know, courses that they have, will realize that even though they are useless to contribute and, you know, their degrees will no longer give them anything, that they still can get access to healthcare, pharmaceuticals, you know, and a job, any job, because most of them are baristas, right? Someone might say that's a little bit harsh. Well, it's reality. I have someone saying, oh, well, I have so much debt. I have like $60,000 in debt, my degree. Well, what did you get it in? Gender studies. I was like, so what were you thinking you're going to do with that? I don't know. Probably get a job at a bank with gender studies. Can you do math? You know, I'm sorry. You make your choices. And bottom line is, where are the parents on this? My kid came to me and said, I'm doing gender studies. I'd be like, okay, well, what's your plan? Are you going to be a professor? Well, then you better have some really great idea to get you a PhD in a cushy position in these places that purport this kind of information. What is your, where are the parents guiding these children? I have an older child that's in college. She said, I'm going to do this. I said, okay, well, what's your plan? I don't know. A year later, she's like, you know what? I actually like this. I'm like, great. You're good at it. Do it. And then she's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do math. What are you going to do with that? Probably algorithms, maybe coding, cybersec. You like it? Sure do. Great. Then do it. That is what parents are supposed to do. Provoke the questions. Be that devil's advocate for their children. Where are the parents? Oh, that's right. The government has told you that the parents shouldn't be involved. You should kick your kids out at the age of 18 so they can start their life. Get them started at work at 14 because it's not like they're going to be working for the rest of their life. It's all about control. And they even control the way the parents think of things. Pretty incredible. Now, in the next half, I'll be opening up the phone lines and we'll be talking about uh, what bills are being passed. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is back. Are there any pictures? See you in a few. Welcome back, host. Have a great show. Conservative Boys, C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back to the last hour of the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So... Uh, you know, we've been talking about how this fourth branch of government, this whole idea of this D.C. mafia, this global mafia has come together. I'm working on a story um, that will be exposing f- parts of this plan that was put in motion in 2016, completely funded by Soros. I should have that out shortly, along with another piece um, that I'll be pulling out um, in regards to Ilhan Omar. Uh, it's not the huge um, expose me and Laura are putting out, but Laura did help me with this one. Uh, so we're going to be putting that out this weekend. Um, so we were talking about all these, you know, changes that they've been doing uh, to our youth, uh, to our social constructs that we create, um, every aspect of our social interactions. One incredible um, demonstration of this is in Chicago just a few days ago. Uh, Apparently on Monday, there were a couple of armed suspects in an armed robbery that fled onto um, the University of Chicago's campus. Now, if you believe it or not, you know, the university, of course, um, alerted people to be in community shelter, prompted students, you know, to just get on social media and start tweeting. And so these are armed robbers, right, that, you know, had an accident. Um, they, they fled onto campus. And these students were literally tweeting about disarming pigs, that they should leave these armed robbers alone um, rather than saying, well, they, you know, rob someone at gunpoint. Um, you know, they were literally um, criminals. And these are the youth that are supposedly studying to be tomorrow's leaders were saying how the police should leave them alone. Uh, they were tweeting things out like um, militarized cops, uh, carrying assault rifles, crawling around campus, looking for armed African-American men. You know, um, what if a, a black student was there that was wearing a striped shirt like one of the armed robbers? They'd be arrested. Uh, you know, they were putting out so much hate. It was pretty incredible. Um, it was an armed robbery, guys, and we have the youth attacking the police that are trying to keep the youth safe. And, you know, um, I wanted to take a tweet that a really good friend of mine, Simona Papadopoulos, tweeted out yesterday. She's George Papadopoulos' wife. Um, She was referring to her trolls and people, what they do. She said, being slandered is like being raped. My past has been rewritten by a small group, groupie, she said, to build someone to blame for all sorts of dysfunction. 
One knows when enough is enough. Face me with a real argument or stay away. Now, this is the truth about how the left works. They will take you and create a false history about you with bits and parts that are true, right? A great story or a great fiction or a great argument has some truth to it, right? They'll use things like, I don't know, you work there or you were there and you were actually there, but they'll just embellish and say whatever they want. Now, they've been doing that to Simona, who is an amazing human being. George is really lucky. Well, they're both lucky to have each other. You know, and his mom is just outstanding, too. I just have to say it. I love Kiki. She's outstanding. And as a mother myself, I can't even imagine going through what she's gone through. But what she's saying is exactly what the left is doing in general, not just to individuals that they target. And by the left, I mean the radical, insane people for power, because there's a lot of Republicans that are on that page too, right? In all facets of government, not just federal, we're talking state, city, etc. So they rewrite facts. They rewrite history and purport it in some way to attract those that lack the knowledge or don't have time for knowledge, and they spoon-feed it to them, you know? And... This is exactly what the left has been doing to us as people for decades now. They've been distorting facts. So today it also, aside from the fact that it broke that we had this national emergency and I want to get to that and play a few clips and talk about things, you know, they broke that, um, you know, Ruth suddenly appeared and she's at the Supreme Court having discussions uh, with the other justices. The only thing that I find odd is that there's no picture yet. And, you know, has she been dead all this time? I say yes. Other people may say no. Other people may say she has access to medications that none of us know about, which I believe. Because we have technology that we can't even fathom exists already. Remember, the internet existed before they gave it to us. Existed in the 70s, existed in the 60s, but it was between the government, the high level of government. It's only when they needed to get our information and plug us into this whole artificial intelligence matrix that they released it to us. And this is, has been done in a very short time. It was in 1994 and 95 that people still didn't understand what an at sign was, right? I mean, I did. I was super techie. I was on the undernet chatting the minute I had access to it. I love technology. And I started my AI profile at a very young age. So they are skewing what reality is. They are skewing what basic foundations of our nation are, which are in Christian values, not saying that we can't have other religions, but they are based on those moral codes that we as human beings should adhere to honoring our, our, our parents, not causing harm to others, not taking a life, respecting another person's point of view and boundaries. I love it when I have people that I disagree with. I love it because then there's debate, there's discussion. And through that, we both grow when there's discussion because Now, the minority, because it is a minority of those insane leftists, 
is at the point where they can't even debate because through debate, they realize that what they're saying is completely insane and that makes them feel bad. So we have to think that what the left is doing is literally raping us because they're changing every facet of us by force. They're hurting us the way they want us to. And so here's where the president was talking about the military. Hold on, let me put it back. He was talking about spending money in the military. Let's see. Here we go. If I see that we're close to a deal or the deal is going in the right direction, Just after I would do that at the same tariffs that we're charging now. I would not increase the tariffs. Let me also ask you about the debt, sir, because it's gone from a shade under $20 trillion from when yeah. you took office. Now it's a shade over $22 trillion and heading uh, in the wrong direction. What are your plans to, to reverse well, it? Well, it's all about growth. But before growth I only, really or- focus on that, and you have to remember, President Obama put on more debt on this country than every president in the history of our country combined. So when I took over, we had one man that put on more debt than every other president combined. Combine them all. So you can't be talking about that. But I talk about it because I consider it very important. But first, I have to straighten out the military. The military was depleted. And if we don't have a strong military that hopefully we won't have to use because it's strong, if we don't have a strong military, you don't have to worry about debt. You have bigger problems. So I have to straighten out the military. That's why I did the $716 billion. So basically, they're trying to say that he's spending money like crazy, that he added $2 trillion to the debt. But those of us that know he's going to attack debt, like we've been saying for a while, through gold. And we'll get to gold um, later on in the show where we've been talking about gold and how it's been exported from Venezuela to all these dictator-like countries and how the United Kingdom has confiscated $1.2 billion of Venezuelan gold because this is how you get rid of debt. You don't acknowledge the, fi- the fiat currency anymore and you just reset the economy. Pretty simple. It is pretty simple. But, you know, they want to create a story where there isn't any. Here's the Q&A part. So we'll just go through this nicely. But growth will straighten it out. You saw last month the trade deficit went way down. Everybody said, what happened? Well, what's happening is growth. But before I can focus too much on that, a very big expense is military. And we have no choice but to straighten out our Is growth the only answer, sir, or is it? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Thank you, Mr. President. On North Korea, back on the last summit, you guys came out with a pretty general agreement. Yes. I was wondering what you thought has, uh, you know, been accomplished since the last summit, and then are we going to be seeing anything concrete on denuclearization? Yeah, a lot's been accomplished. Okay, before we hear what the president says, so the woman was trying to formulate a response saying you didn't really do anything with North Korea. And he's going to give them a very sound response in like, we would have been at war with North Korea right now, which is true. Like, what do they expect on denuclearization? We have supposedly put in so many plans for Iran to be denuclearized for decades and it hasn't happened. We've actually fed them. So how dare they stand up and question it when we have... Kim Kim Jong-un, who had never left North Korea publicly, because, I mean, could you imagine being a prisoner of his country? He might have been, actually. 
but had never left. And now he's out gallivanting in the Philippines and China. He's starting to bring his country into the next century, which, by the way, um, next week we're going to do a show on 5G. I've gotten some really incredible and insane information that came out of North Korea in regards to their assessments and their opinions on 5G. So we'll get into that um, next week. But um, listen to the president's answer to this. Accomplished. We're dealing with them. We're talking to them. When I came into office, I met right there in the Oval Office with President Obama. And I sat in those beautiful chairs, and we talked. It was supposed to be 15 minutes. As you know, it ended up being many times longer than that. And I said, what's the biggest problem? He said, by far, North Korea. And I don't want to speak for him, but I believe he would have gone to war with North Korea. I think he was ready to go to war. In fact, he told me he was so close to starting a big war with North Korea. Now, where are we now? No missiles, no rockets, no nuclear testing. We've learned a lot. But much more importantly than all of it, much more important, much, much more important than that, is we have a great relationship. I have a very good relationship with Kim Jong-un. And I've done a job. In fact, I think I can say this. Prime Minister Abe of Japan gave me the most beautiful copy of a letter that he sent to the people who give out a thing called the Nobel Prize. He said, I have nominated you, or respectfully, on behalf of Japan, I am asking them to give you the Nobel Peace Prize. I said, thank you. Many other people feel that way, too. I'll probably never get it, but that's okay. They gave it to Obama. He didn't even know what he got it for. Oh, my gosh. That was awesome, right? Why would he want it? We don't need a Nobel Peace Prize. That is considered garbage now because Obama got it for nothing, for just simply existing. It's nothing more than a city getting City of the Year or City of the State Award, which is all BS, These awards only have merit when there's merit behind it that you give it. Nobody looks at the Nobel Peace Prize as they used to decades ago. It's pretty much nothing. And, you know, he goes on to saying, you know, how, um, you know, uh, how he was saying, hey, I have a bigger button than yours. And yet it worked because now they're friends. They were out in the open. You know, that's how you get things done. And to have nations put forward such recommendations for our president. It's a big deal. I'd love to see who actually recommended President Obama and for what, which is um, incredible. And, uh, you know, thinking about it, I mean, this, this press, this presser was all about trying to attack our president and make him seem unable to answer questions or make statements like what they wanted to do. Um, This is what they wanted to do. They wanted to purport that he doesn't know what he's doing when all he has done is pretty much fixed global politics and diffused international threats. This is a big deal. We don't have rockets being tested anymore. Missiles flying over places. We don't. And that is an accomplishment like no other. And for them not to recognize it, it's pretty incredible.
I thought maybe we can listen to Jim Acosta's question, uh, which was funny. I loved it. It was funny. Um, let's put this on so you can see where Jim Acosta is. We talked about this, about how Follow they're her. making I don't these talk stories to her. up. But the press loves to bring up the name Ann Coulter. And you know what? I think she's fine. I think she's good, but I just don't speak to her. Um, Laura's been great. Laura Ingram. Tucker Carlson's been great. I actually have a couple of people on CNN that have been very good. I have someone on MSNBC the other day. They did a great report of me. I say, where the hell did that come from? I think it was the only one in over a year. So the crazy thing is, I just had, as you know, Rasmussen, 52% in the polls. It's my highest poll number. And people get what we're doing. They get it. They really get it. And I'm honored by it. Yes, Jim Acosta. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I, I wonder if you could comment on uh, this disconnect that we seem to have in this country where you are presenting information about what's happening at the border, calling it an invasion, talking about women with duct tape over their mouths and so on. And yet there's a lot of reporting out there. There's a lot of crime data out there. There's a lot of uh, Department of Homeland Security data out there that shows border crossings at a near record low. Uh, that shows us, but it's un still, undocumented immigrants me, committing crime at lower levels. That shows undocumented criminals or undocumented immigrants committing crime at lower levels than native-born Americans. Um, what, what do you I, say I, to you? Did he just have a Freudian slip and say undocumented criminals? Um, you don't really believe that, what, Do you really believe what, that, what do you well, Take a look at this. our federal prisons. I believe, I believe in facts and statistics okay, and data. Okay, more quick. Let's go. Let me just ask you this. What do you say to your critics who say that you are creating a national emergency, that you're concocting a national emergency here in order to get your wall because I, I you couldn't get it through other moms, ways. What do you think? Do you think I'm creating something? Ask these incredible women who lost their daughters and their sons, okay? Because your question is a very political question because you have an agenda. You're CNN. You're fake news. Yes. Slay. Slay. That's exactly it. He's sitting there telling him if the numbers that we can quantify, the numbers we can actually quantify of border crossings through ports of entry say that we capture them and that it's lower than ever before. And again, it's lower than ever before because we have military force down there. We have reinforced border patrol. Uh, then how can you say that it's a national emergency? Well, again, we can only quantify those we catch at ports of entry. We cannot quantify unmanned, unwalled areas where they penetrate. This is fact. And they're still purporting it. It's like saying, well, I know how many people come through my front door because they ring the bell. Well, what about the people that are coming in through your back door that's wide open and you don't see them coming in? Because you don't have a doorbell. They just walk in and take things. Well, I don't know. It could be one. Could meet one million. I don't know. So then how is he quantifying the unknown number of people that are crossing the border? Because like President Trump said, they're not going to come through the port of entry when they have women with tape on their mouth, children in a trunk, a trailer full of illegal immigrants set out for sex trafficking, child trafficking, organ trafficking, and much, much more. They're not going to come through the port of entry. They're not going to let you search their vehicle. How are you going to explain five infants in your trunk? How are you going to explain, you know, body parts in your trunk? How are you going to explain the drugs that are sitting in your trunk? 
You can't. So you're not going through the port of entry. That is the point. This is how the media works. They try to skew things, and it's as if they're pandering to people that are really anthropophilic, that they have no brain, because it doesn't make sense. What they are purporting makes no sense whatsoever. They're trying to say that it's manufactured. How is it manufactured when we're capturing terrorists? Terrorists at the border, those that we can catch. I'm hoping to have uh, someone from the uh, private group Border Narcotics on uh, next week where we could talk about uh, what they do at the border and how they use their own citizen arrests uh, for those areas that do not have a wall, capturing uh, these uh, people trafficking tons of drugs into our country, not through ports, of course. But let's just listen to the rest of his answer to this. You have an agenda. Uh, the numbers that you gave are wrong. Take a look at our federal prison population. See how many of them, percentage-wise, are illegal. Are illegal aliens. Exactly. Go ahead and see. We're feeding them. It's a fake question. Yes, go ahead. Can I ask yeah. a follow-up? No, you can't. Sit down. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. Just to follow up on that, unifying uh, crime reporting statistics, numbers from your own Border Patrol, numbers from this government show that the amount of uh, illegal immigrants are down. There is not violence on the border. And that there's most no violence on the there's border? not as much violence no. oh, really? as let me, wait a minute, wait a minute. let me finish the killed. question, please. Let me finish the question. Two weeks please. ago, twenty six people were killed I in a gunfight on the border. I understand what you're a saying. A mile away from where I went. I under, I was there. I understand. That's not the question. The question is do we forget about that? No. You know what he's referring to, right? On the other side of the border where they had massacred so many people on the Mexican side. And you know, that was not widely reported at all. Oh, I'm but not forgetting that. I'm asking you to watch. clarify where you get your numbers because most of the uh, DEA crimes reporting statistics that we see show that drugs are coming across at the ports of entry, that illegal immigration is down, and the violence is down. Okay. So what do you base okay. your uh, facts let me, let me, on? Come on, let's go. Sort and of, secondly sort – of, uh, No, no, you get one. Uh, you get well, one. Well, the Ready? second Just question sit is – Wait, sit down. Sit down. Could you, could you please sit answer Sit down. It? You get one um, question. Uh, I please. get my numbers from a lot of sources like Homeland Security, primarily. And the numbers that I have from Homeland Security are a disaster. And you know what else is a disaster? The numbers that come out of Homeland Security, Kirsten, for the cost that we spend and the money that we lose because of illegal immigration. Billions and billions of dollars a month. Billions and billions of dollars. And it's unnecessary. So your own government stats are wrong, are you saying? No, no, I use many stats. So he's trying to purport that those that are just quantified from the port of entry are the solid, hard numbers, which they're not. But he can't share those well. stats with us. Let me tell you, you have stats that are far worse than the ones that I use. But I use many stats, but I also use Homeland Security. All right, next and question. Do you, wait a minute, just a quick Go follow-up. Up, Go, please. Thank you, Mr. President. I just want to bring you back to China for a second. The White House put out a statement today talking about the March 1st deadline. The other day, though, you gave the possibility that maybe this could slide. Are you eyeing a possible extension, 30 days, maybe 60 days? Where does the status yeah, there? Or is question. March 1st So it's the a deadline? very big deal. I guess you could say it's like must be the biggest deal ever made, if you think. Trade with China. How big does that get? Although, if you look, the USMCA is right up there. But 
It's very complicated. There are many, many points that we're bringing up that nobody ever brought up or thought to bring up, but they're very important because we were on the wrong side of every one of them. There is a possibility that I will extend the date. And if I do that, if I see that we're close to a deal or the deal is going in the right direction, I would do that at the same tariffs that we're charging now. I would not increase the tariffs. Let me also ask you. And so remember, this deadline that he put was a self-imposed deadline to get trade done. But with China, like you said, it's very complicated. We had forfeited all our rights to manufacturing to them. We had imposed on ourselves all these stupid Paris Agreement um, impositions in the way we can function uh, on the manufacturing and agricultural side. Forfeiting all those rights of access to um, mining, steel, etc. And giving that to China. Now China's economy for the past decade has revolved around this um, this matter that they had control of the of that domain, and what the president doesn't want to do is make it one sided and say, "Well, I don't care if your economy collapses; it has to be fair on both sides." And here's where he kind of makes that mention. It's gone from a shade under twenty trillion from when yeah. you took office. Now it's a shade over twenty. Oh yeah, that's where he's going on the debt again. So that's what he's saying. They're trying to say that because he's putting this with the tariffs and everything that we have increased debt again. Sometimes in order to make money, you have to spend money. And right now, what we need to do is reinforce our military, replace all those ships, missiles, planes, and tanks made with cheap. And not good steel, use American steel, reinforce that, push it forward, because if you have a strong military, no one will mess with you. And, you know, in the end, he has a plan for the economy, and we're going to see that come to fruition once he gets 2020. I'll see you all in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, Hey, try this. Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855- 700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. 
It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's one 800- 800-961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the last half hour of the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori, again. Um, so it's Friday, and usually every Friday I predict um, what is going to be happening next week. We'll do that toward the end of the show in the last five minutes. For now, I just wanted to point something out. Like I've said, the left, the minority of those on the left that loathe and foam at the mouth, the NPCs, as I like to call them, the mindless clowns that (laughs) believe it or not have the right to vote that believe everything that the left is spewing are dangerous and you know when i'm on facebook and i'm watching live feeds or i'm looking at local news and i see people like that i instantly block them because those are the people that will cause you damage remember antifa works by doing what Sussing you out, calling your employers, harassing your children, your family. This is the way they operate. This is the way the corrupt army operates. So I would urge all of you, when you see someone completely unhinged, saying things that make no sense, block them. I have so many people blocked. You know, like on my personal Facebook, I have 800 friends. Someone would say, that's a lot or that's a little. Believe me, 500 of them are just family. So just so you know, and then the rest of them are actually people I interact with. Um, I never add people to my Facebook. I will not interact with ever. Um, so, um, I just want to point that out because what I am going to be exposing in regards to this Soros plan and the documentation that I have and who funded it and who's purporting it will make a hundred percent sense on what has been happening on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Remember, February 18th, for 48 hours, it's a social media blackout. So you will not find me tweeting. You will not find me Facebooking. I'll probably be looking around, but I won't like, interact, or share anything. I'll be on Gab, though. And I urge everyone to get on Gab. It's important that we have the right to free speech. And I'll say that again and again. And I really wish that I could fly to New York to be with Laura on the 18th, but I can't. Because, you know, unlike many people might think, um, 
I'm actually not being, I don't want, or I haven't actually get, I don't draw a salary for my radio show. I don't need it. Um, I like to push products that I believe are my own. I haven't accepted any advertising per se. Um, you know, it's all about driving conversations and the easier and the larger the platform, the better. And this is why I love red state. It's America's number one talk radio for a reason. Because we don't really have a filter. Really hoping that I can convince Scott Adams to do like a late night show where we can speak uh, more freely. Maybe we could say drinks with Scott and Tori and have Paul Preston and Larry Freese come on where we could just, you know, talk over, uh, you know, a glass of whiskey. Conversations are what drive, I would say ideologies and understandings. Um, they drive questions and answers through debate and conversation. Um, earlier in my show, I did mention that you could hear a difference in the president's voice, which um, sorted itself out after about 15 minutes of him talking. I wanted to play that beginning clip, that introduction he did, and I want you to just listen to what he says. Before we begin, I'd like to just say that we have a large team of very talented people in China. We've had a uh, negotiation going on for about two days. Can you hear the voice? Going extremely well. Who knows what that means, because it only matters if we get it done. But we're uh, very much uh, working very closely with China and President Xi, who I respect a lot. Very good relationship that we have. And... We're a lot closer than we ever were in this country with having a real trade deal. We're covering everything, all of the points that people have been talking about for years that said couldn't be done, whether it was theft or uh, anything, anything. The unfairness. Uh, we've been losing, on average, $375 billion a year with China. A lot of people think it's $506 billion. Some people think it's much more than that. We're going to be leveling the playing field. Uh, the tariffs are hurting China very badly. They don't want them. And frankly, if we could make the deal, it'd be my honor to remove them. But otherwise, we're having many billions of dollars pouring into our treasury. We've never had that before with China. It's been very much of a one-way street. So that's happening. And uh, the relationship with China is very good. But I think they finally respect our country. Yep. They haven't respected us for a long time. Exactly. Not for a long time. Uh, the U.K. and the U.S., as you probably have been seeing and hearing, we're agreeing to go forward and preserve our trade agreement. You know all of the situation with respect to Brexit and the complexity and the problems. But we have a very good trading relationship with U.K., and that's just been uh, strengthened further. So with the U.K., we're continuing our trade and uh, we are going to actually be increasing it very substantially as time goes by. We expect that the U.K. will be uh, very, very substantially increased as it relates to trade with the United States. The relationship there also is very good. And the U.K. needs it because right now they are in turmoil. Remember, um, we have – I have talked about how with Brexit – 
um, they are having issues. Their leaders are not working with what the people want. Uh, they're exiting from the EU, but the EU is saying you can't just leave like that. You need to pay us all this money. And this is hurting them on trade. And the fact that the United States is like, hey, we're here. We'll trade with you. Forget the EU. We're working with you. But for some reason, you know, the House of Lords is their unelected government. Remember that, unelected. And their MPs, um, you know, their parliament should be the one that's advocating for what the people voted. And here they are saying, well, maybe they didn't really want Brexit. Let's do another vote. Or maybe we should do this. And it's been dragging on. You're either out or you're in. You can't be both. And it's extremely frustrating because they are being flushed now with this huge wave of invasion that they had. Uh, the issues of Sharia law being implemented in their country, the unrest that exists. Remember, they've disarmed their population, not only their population, but their law enforcement. They are literally at the mercy of those that are unelected to do as they please. And I would I would say that our FBI intelligence agency is kind of like the House of Lords. <laughs> it's succession. It's tapping the next man on the shoulder. And they know best. You know nothing. What do you mean you're, you're a free citizen, poor American? No, no, no. We know better because we have access to intelligence. We know how things work. We know what will benefit the greater good. So we're going to tell Congress and the Senate what we recommend and the president. And they're going to do as we say, because keep in mind, all previous presidents were what? Puppets of this fourth disgusting, unelected shadow government. And this is evident just by the most recent example, aside from Obama, Bush. Didn't he want to stop spying on citizens? Didn't his, um, didn't Ashcroft, while he was in hospital, you know, didn't the White House try to go to him at hospital and say, no, don't let the FBI and uh, the Department of Justice attack, you know, the privacy of citizens? They went to his bedside, and who went and intervened? Comey and Mueller. This is the prime example of them overreaching. Who are they, and how does our president stop them? He's purged the majority of them, but... You know, now he's put in A.G. Barr, which is one of the founders of such a fourth branch of government. So I'm curious to see how uh, he will play a role in this and what he will be doing. You know, uh, we have Rod Rosenstein on the chopping block now. Everyone's like, he's leaving. Like I said, he's not going to leave until the president's ready to get rid of him. And he's not going anywhere until his pants are pulled down all the way to the ankles for the world to see exactly what they did. This was a coup d'etat, and none of them have any remorse for what they did. They stand there, and they have the media purporting that they know best, that they know better than you and I who voted for this man. They know better than over 65 million people, because remember, they altered our elections. Remember that Hillary Clinton's votes... At least half of those are from illegal immigrants, resident aliens that aren't supposed to be voting, and double voting in fake ballots, etc., etc. This is a war upon the people. And I have a caller on the line. Um, hi, caller. Uh, please, if you'd like to, you can tell us your name and where you're calling from. Welcome to the Tory Sess Show. Hi, Sue in Oregon. Hi, Sue. 
I just want to make a suggestion for your nighttime show. <laughs> yes, please. Call it night. Okay, call it nightcap. My gosh, I was just thinking that before you said it. I was Okey thinking dokey. that. Yes, we're on the same page. I'm really hoping that we can put one like that because I think a nighttime weekend show would be great. And um, me and Scott have been talking about that. Um, you know, where there's no language filter, where it's just a bunch of people talking and we have like a long conversation, uh, to, you know, recapping the week. Nightcap. I like that. I think I like that. I like it a lot. Okay, Thanks. Good. Now, I eventually, my dream is to have some type of a news show, radio, TV, I don't care, but it's in segments that I can know that at the top of the hour, I'm going to get 15 minutes of absolute fact about maybe world news then at the 15 after i'm going to have national news and then at the bottom of the hour something current but i want to know when i can zoom in on a a time wise and get what i'm looking for yeah so reporting reporting basically Uh, those are the things that are just headlines and um you know i source things out like that but you know can we really trust headlines um uh, today even my show uh somewhat is beating to the drum of the mainstream media but not really because the mainstream media dumps kind of an outline for what everyone should kind of talk about when we shouldn't really be talking about that we should be talking about things like venezuelan gold because that is a big deal the fact that the president inferred that hey we need to first beef our military we'll deal with debt later because he's got a plan in motion and this plan is evident from the actions that we see in the gold trade uh globally how he even made mention that our treasury is getting billions coming in not only from china but other places too um these are conversations we can have because uh, unfortunately even the headlines that are being put out are so misconstrued and so wrong. Like people are, you know, they're reporting Rod Rosenstein out. How many times have we seen that title, right, Sue? Throughout the two years, how many times? But I'm not talking the headline. I'm talking, like you said, the headline, then in deeper. Sounds great. Yeah. The conversation, the explanation, the history behind it. I need to hear more than the headline. Yeah, and you know, statistics show that people that share things or comment things on Facebook or Twitter, only um, 10% actually read the stories that they retweet or comment on. How incredible is that? Our patience is so, so short. I mean, I'm impatient too, but we don't really look at what we see. Uh, You know, everyone uh, is retweeting that Rod Rosenstein article and none of it says that he's leaving. It just says they assume, you know, or that he's, you know. I really enjoy it. Thank you. I appreciate you, Sue. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. I'm going to keep my toes warm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And it's negative 20 here, so um, I'm pretty cold. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I know. It's pretty cold here. Okay. Have a good toasty. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sue. You too. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. So, uh, See, all of us crave for exactly what Sue says. Sue would like, uh, you know, a more structured um, put out of reporting. And I I crave that too. I use um, Google at night. I, I say to my Google assistant, good night. And it reads me headlines, right? 
doesn't go into debt. It tells me Yahoo News put this out, Fox News put that out, just so that I can get the update. And in the morning when I wake up, I say good morning and to my phone, and it suddenly just reads off news and news bites. And what I find is, is that all of them align together. So all of them are saying the same thing. And elaboration is needed. Um, so like I was telling Sue, no one's talking about this, but it's important that we make note. Now, we've talked about Venezuelan gold. Now, the Turkish Minute yesterday published an article in regards to um, uh, Turkey and actually processing uh, Venezuelan gold through the central Anatolian province of Korum. And uh, basically on November 1st, uh, remember, uh, last year, uh, there was an executive order signed by President Trump um, that disallows people of the United States, right, to buy gold. Remember, we reported on this. I did a whole spiel on the executive orders that our president wrote, four of them specifically for Venezuela. But it doesn't apply to foreign countries. I did also report to you how tons of gold were put on planes and ships going out, specifically 900 million worth, to Turkey. Now, on New Year's Day in 2018, there was a lot of gold being shipped out to Turkey, about 36 million. We had 900 million done. And we're seeing that Turkey has a large trade with Maduro. This is why they're behind him, right? Because they've uh, exported just a while ago powdered milk uh, to Venezuela from Turkey. So they're dealing in the gold and IGR, IGR which is a company in Turkey that um, deals with gold and um, repurposes it, I would say. Their CEO, Asen, denied that their company has been involved in any Venezuelan gold deals. And they also said um, that... Uh, the CEO themselves had met with um, Venezuelan and Turkish officials um, back in April of 2018 in order to provide views on, you know, how the international rules and regulations go because they felt that working with Venezuela, Turkey working with Venezuela um, is not right for institutions that have interests within Turkey. And specifically, they were referring to the interests of the EU, which are obviously changed, skewed, and reinforced by the United States. And we're seeing a lot of pressure now on the EU through our foreign relations, like we saw uh, just the past couple of days with Pompeo in Central Europe talking about peace in the Middle East. And remember, Turkey is a key player because they have the keys to the kingdom for the EU, which is oil, right? So... On that note, we need to understand that the debt that we're increasing doesn't take into account the fattening up of our treasury, doesn't take into account how quickly we will be able to sequester monies once this wall is built. Wall, right? Wall, W-A-L-L, -L, because I'm so tired of seeing barriers. It's a wall. Why are we calling it a barrier? It's like they're, they're changing the way we speak right now and that we're not allowed to say wall. So once this happens... The cost of illegal immigration will go down. I would be totally on the point of just expelling all these criminals that are in our prisons right now and deporting them once the wall is up so they can't come back. Uh, you know, you've got a life sentence. All right, fine. You take that life sentence and we're going to send you back to your country with a letter that says they were supposed to do a life sentence, but we're tired of paying for them. Here, take them. We should do that. 
That'll empty our prisons, right? That'll cost us less money because remember, they're getting three square meals a day, free health care, clothes, heating, everything, exercise. So um, we're going to be seeing a lot of changes. Now let's talk about next week, what we expect next week, okay? So we have a lot of talks with China. We have our president that's going to be leaving soon for Vietnam. Um, there's going to be a lot of developments in regards to the Mueller investigation next week. That is for sure. Uh, because this whole Russia collusion has dropped. Um, you know, we're having Schiff again, purport this Moscow project, which is no big deal. It was kind of like the Scotland project, right? When he built his, um, Trump resort there, they're trying to push it. Uh, we have the national emergency where they're going to try to purport it as uh, a monstrosity. And this is where we're going to start demonstrating all the what we really need in our country, which is borders. Uh, hopefully we'll start taking the, the, the stauncher stance of b- demonstrating these um, terrorists that are actually being caught uh, by increasing uh, border security. Because now... With a national emergency, we can deploy National Guard troops to those areas where there is no wall yet, and we can catch them all. This caravan is coming. This caravan that is funded and has the same people that did the Dakota Access Pipeline marches and demonstrations. They're down there right now. The people that are facilitating bringing these illegal immigrants in here, we're going to have a lot going on next week. And I also think that this um, RBG meeting today will probably indicate that maybe she's saying she's resigning, even though she's dead, in my opinion, right? I'm not going to say it, but maybe she's resigning because they're ending this charade and we are going to see um, a whole new cycle of having to elect a new justice. Uh, because she's meeting with the justices. It could be that she's saying, look, I'm sick. I've kind of recovered. I need to resign because I'm sick. Um, Schiff is pushing the whole Russia narrative. Bars coming down. They're going to start attacking Whitaker. And this is where I fear with Barr. Taking and giving merit to any of these claims of these clowns. I'm really finding it um, concerning. So next week, like I said, RBG will be in the news. They'll be talking about possible resignation. Uh, You know, they wanted to say that Donald, that, you know, the president was like, well, she's been dead. He's been very, very careful what he says. He's letting them pull their own pants down. We have a meeting today that happened at the Supreme Court, but apparently no one took a picture. So you're trying to tell me that no reporter anywhere on any doorway, any floor, any staircase could take a picture of RBG in there? Really? We had people stalking hallways and stairways for other court cases. They can't hang out at the Supreme Court? Really? So top secret? So these discussions are happening. That's going to be to the forefront. So Supreme Court's justice nominees are going to be coming to the forefront. There'll be harder attacks I'm assuming that they're going to try to change the narrative and make something look really worse than it is. Um, This is just to mitigate uh, the whole 
Supreme Court justice nominee, uh, possibly, you know, William Barr allowing Mueller to continue, maybe, thus saying that he came in and he's doing justice and he's allowing it to happen. Uh, we do have General Flynn's sentencing coming up in the next couple weeks. They're going to misconstrue stuff to throw um, shadow to what's really going on. I was expecting that today would be announced of indictments of former FBI officials and maybe the firing of Bruce Orr, but it didn't happen. So maybe this will creep in next week now that we have the attorney general in place. And that is where, since Mueller is still going and it's not recapping and we have the sentencing of you know, Flynn coming up, that they will use that to revamp this Russia story, give it a new breath of life. Um, and possibly even, you know, they, they do this. They create fake news cycles. So, you know, could be RBG dies, um, you know, to throw some shade into what's really going on, you know, after this discussion that she has with Supreme Court justices, maybe making her recommendation of succession or something like that. I, this is what, this is what the math says. The math says that something huge is going to happen next week. That's not really huge, um, by the left. Whereas we are going to be pushing forward with China, North Korea, trade, and um, Supreme Court justice nomination. In the meantime, we have these indictments coming down the pipeline from the FBI. Again, for those listening that have ears, and I know a lot of people listen to this in that area, I would highly suggest to look into this Iranian defected Air Force veteran and Peter Strzok. Um so we're going to have a lot going on with those FBI officials, and I believe that maybe they might use a Ruth Bader Ginsburg death and kind of a conspiracy on it and kind of blow that up to cover up exactly what's happening. So we'll see, but let's just say Schiff, RBG next week, and uh, possible firing and maybe not ending Mueller, giving a new breath of life to this Russia collusion only to keep it going uh, for a little bit more into General Flynn sentencing. So from all of us here at Red State, I want to wish you guys a happy and healthy weekend. Uh, I will see you again Monday through Friday next week, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, as always. God bless, be healthy, and stay warm.